I'm Charlie Taylor. I'm Ben Carter. I run hip hop by the numbers on Twitter. We use hip hop statistics to highlight the bigger picture. And I'm director of the Fifth Element, where I highlight the Fifth Element hip hop, which is knowledge. And welcome to D I G G I. Hey, nice. N I N T H E D. really not that deep. I want to hear the Charlie, oh, Charlie, Charlie 16 just spitting some bars over Shook One's part No two. bars. No bars. I have zero. I have zero bars. I respect the game too much. That's pretty much it. Oh, that's fair. That's very fair. I mean, case in point, um, and I, I, don't, I don't want to do this for a lot because I have something else, but happy TPAP day. We are recording on the 15th. Well, Shout he's out. calling on the 16th, but I'm recording on the 15th, Shout out. which is the uh, fifth anniversary of the Pippa Butterfly. If you go check out episode 35, 36, 34, something like that, it's the, it's the, you'll see it. I see you was conflicted. That's what it's called. Let's go find it. It's a, a whole hour dedicated to Pimp Butterfly. And uh, yeah, I just wanted you to get that out of the way just because. So with that said, and that's why, partly why I don't do bars because I respect the game like that too much. Anyway, with that said, uh, hi Ben, how's your week been? And what have you been listening to this week? Well, my week's been... I can only guess. <laughs> I've been listening to a lot, man. Fucking lots. Yeah, and you can guess. You've probably read my manifesto that I sent to you this morning. Um, mm-hmm. My week's been crazy. Everyone's week's been crazy. I woke up kind of tired, and then I just got really passionate because I discovered that travel insurance companies don't cover you for pandemics. So I just lost my shit. So now I'm in a, not a shit mood. I'm in a passionate mood. So I'm going to speak with passion on this podcast. And I listened to a lot of music this week. A lot of music. I won't get into them super deep, but I will go from best to worst. I did listen to J Electronica. That is my manifesto. But I are we good to do that at the end? Are you happy to do that at the end, or do you want to do that at the start? Uh, well, you can do your soliloquy if you want. Do have I have you, to wait? Yeah. Well, I want to discuss it. All right, go on then. Yeah, fine, right. we'll do it at the end. We'll do it at the end. Charlie has a lighter note, which is really great because I want to talk about that lighter note too. But then we'll do, we'll, we'll discuss the JLAC album at the end. But I'll go just to, from... just, just just to say I don't think the album deserves a whole lighter note towards towards it. That's just Ben's idea. I do. So, just, I, that's just me. I, that's like just me. I just want to put that out there. That's fair, man. That's totally fair. I may have overthought this one a little bit, but we'll get to it. <laughs> just a fucking little bit. <laughs> yeah, so um, so I went from best be to worst. Player. I went from best to worst. Uh, best was Dax. I'll say it for you. Did not expect this to be the best, but this album had me really fucked up. I was just driving to a shopping center, feeling okay, and then this came on. Just raw emotion, powerful lyrics, deep, dark sentiments. Dear God is a really great track asking valid and essential questions of religion and what is acceptable religious behavior. Love Hurts is power and pain and angst. I honestly felt every word he sung and rapped on this album. It really gave me cause for reflection. And I realized that I'm way past being hurt by someone because of their immaturity. Like, I have a, I have a partner now who's a total adult in every sense of the word, and I'm so happy with that. But Dax was spitting a lot of facts that applied to me not long ago. And 
I don't know if I'll ever go back to this album, but it was a really hard-hitting experience. I would recommend people check that out because that's going to get you in your feels. Uh, Rich the Kid, Boss Man. I didn't expect to like this. I haven't been a Rich the Kid fan since Uzi basically got him out of here that time he pulled up on him and then beat the crap out of him and then he had him like running behind the counter of a Starbucks and then people were filming him as he ran down the street away from little Uzi and it's really tough to recover from that. But this album is fire, man. The piano intro is hard to pull off, but he manages it. Uh, Then he nails the trumpet beat called, it was Ray Charles, I think it's the third track. That was a massive song. I didn't think this was as good as Little Baby or the uh, A Boogie album, but it's pretty solid. Uh, Chica, Industry Games. I was put onto Chica by someone who told me that she can sing and spit at the top tier level, and she really does. This This is just an EP. I think there's six songs on it. The lead, so- lead single has been floating around for a while, but she just shows her versatility. Uh, there's 47 flow changes in six songs, 32% singing. She often, often sings the harmony while she raps. I really enjoyed this project. Uh, she definitely has a lot of potential, so I would recommend people check that out. Big Frieger, Frieger, Frieda? I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name. Frieda. Frieda. Oh, it's Frieda. IA, man. Fuck. I've only. Well, where's the G in it? Why'd you say fridge? <laughs> Frida? Ah, oh, fucking. Frida, bro. Frida, bro. Frida. Frida. I'm all over the place today, man. I apologize. <laughs> I apologize for being disrespectful. Uh, Louder. She is a true legend of the New Orleans bounce scene. And I assume most people found out about her when Drake dropped Nice for What. But if you've been listening to bounce music, you will definitely know of her. She's been at the forefront of it since the late 90s. This EP is just a total bop. It's heavy. It's energetic. This is not sleepy Sunday music. It's like go out for a rave on a Friday night and you're still listening to it at 4 a.m. on Sunday morning. Like it's just fire. Really enjoyed that. Currency and Fendi P smoking partners. Partners, I assume. What what else can I say except it's a currency project? That's it, man. It's a good project. It's just currency. It's just standard currency. It's about his 18th project this year. So. Yeah, check that out. It's good. It's good. Uh, Tech, T-E-C, Web Life 3. I played this on the way home after spinning that Dax album. I really needed a vibe that wasn't suicidal or desperately heartbroken. And this was really good, a really solid trap project. I felt like he switches his flow up a little bit too often, which ordinarily isn't a bad thing because he's quite good at it. But often he'd hit upon like a really great melody or cadence and then switch it up too quickly. But outside of that, which is barely criticism, uh, that was a great project. Really enjoyed that. Feli Mariposa. I never knew about Feli, but a few people in the timeline were shouting him out. There are heavy alt-rock vibes on this album. It's really, It really highlighted to me the difference between being in or out in the industry. Like It's funny that Post Malone kind of blew that Ozzy Osbourne song up. But Heartstrings by Feli and Carlos Santana is about 500 times better musically and it will get a billion times less streams. You know, the music industry is really weird. But this is, a, this is another really solid project. I enjoyed that. Not a lot of hip-hop, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a good rock project. Uh, Chris Calico, Eternal, just standard Chris. I really enjoyed the song Avoiding Mirrors with Jelly Roll and Mercules. I'm pretty sure Chris mm. is strange music. Chris is strange music. Yeah yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Strange music had an epic week just quietly. I think they released three albums this week. Uh, I'll get to King Iso in a second. But 
Yeah, I enjoyed avoiding mirrors a lot with Jelly Roll and Mercules. It's talking about like being overweight and how they feel about it and kind of embracing it, but also not being 100% happy with it. And that was, yeah, it was, it was an interesting track and a good four song EP. King Iso was on a little bit of a different tip, World War Me. I enjoyed this project. Uh, Tech Nine has got that 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 label running like a well-oiled ship because you can tell the vibe of each. Like you can tell it's a strange music project, even if you have no idea who's performing on it. But this is a pretty deep album. Uh, Iso gets really introspective and deep on his own mental health and his own state of being. This is another one I listened to after the Dax album, and it just was pretty intense. And he's a quality artist, so. If you want to get into that headspace, then uh, this is a good good record. You're not going to get dragged out by bad artistry. Jack Harlow, Sweet Action. I like this album. I didn't realize that a lot of people really fuck with Jack Harlow. I also didn't realize that he's such a solid artist. The beats are really trap-focused. His lyrics are a little bit deeper than you might expect or realize. He kind of sprinkles in this heavy introspection and storytelling and descriptions, like really vivid descriptions of his current lifestyle. But sometimes they get a bit lost in superficial lyrics. So I think you need to read between the lines a little bit with this. But it was a fun project. Uh, and then the final two, oh no, there's one at the end. I'll, I'll get to that. But I peeped Eternal Attake, Eternal Attack. No, no, look, I listened to Anthony Fantano's review. He said a take. So I, I don't felt... care, it's a take. I don't okay. care, it's a take. All right, fine. <laughs> But I feel a little Say bit... Say a take if you want. I feel, Just be wrong about it. It's I feel, fine. I feel a little bit less of an idiot because I felt like such an idiot listening back to the podcast like week. I'm like, <laughs> oh, what a moron, man. i got to do some more research. But um, yeah, the deluxe version, man. Uzi could have left this in the clip, honestly. I let Charlie in on an, an analysis I ran last week that I will let you, the podcast listeners in on, but I don't think I will post this on Twitter. 90.2% of the original album, not the deluxe, is simply about women, money, and violence. And I would wager it's the exact same ratio on the deluxe. It was a really, really big disappointment because I felt Uzi would dive back into his collaborative bag and start slaying like he has on just about every feature he's done since 2017. Instead, the features just sound like passengers on this. You know, it's just bland. I don't think it needed to be coming out to come out at all. We have a double album of mid-tier music when we had a full album of top-tier music, if that makes sense. Like, I feel like he's diluted it now, where if he just kept it at the first album, it would have been, like, good, high-quality music, maybe not genre-pushing or anything like that. But now we have, like, 34 songs or something, and the whole thing is diluted, and it just feels like a big, long... Yeah, I don't know why, man. Like, I I do know why, because I've spoken to people in the industry about why... He's done it this way, but yeah, it, it, it's not great for the music. But I didn't enjoy the Don Tolliver album even. I enjoyed the Don Tolliver album even less, uh, Heaven or Hell. Sean C said that he's a mix of ASAP Ferg and Akon, and he's actually, he said it was the perfect combination. And I just, I don't know what he's talking about. I, I don't understand. It just, I could not get into this album. And, and to me, it sounds as if he's trying to curate a vibe, right? But his scope is so small that it just turns into a snapshot of a vibe. 
but then he elongates it over like 36 minutes until it just becomes pixelated and unreadable. I do this sometimes with my images on Instagram where I get a background and I wanna stretch it. So I get something and then stretch it and it just becomes like this bland, pixelated piece of crap. And I, I just, I'm not saying that his album is a piece of crap, but I just did not connect with it. I, I thought it was just dull. And um, I don't know what the big deal is about Don Tolliver. I, if someone knows what it is, please tell me because I'm missing it and I wish I knew what it was. Uh, but it was not my least favorite album of the week. That goes to Blueface. Find the beat. Hey. He found the beat and he's still garbage. That's it. <laughs> Got nothing else to say on Blueface, man. <laughs> Uh, that's funny that's a great way to end it (laughs) all right what about yourself charlie that was great oh yeah just um you know i know you didn't post the uh attacky uh uh what's the word the statistics but that just makes me feel so warm inside because you lot are just so into the fucking anime vibe the space vibe and you fucking talk about it you lot jokers absolutely you lot can take a picture as it is and you're just like oh he's so deep it's like nope (laughs) same shit Different, yes. same shit, different skin. Hey, and uh, if you guys want to go listen to some actual um, space-themed music, uh, XB and or Sims have plenty of mixtapes to Shout explore those kind of themes. I know Shout he listens. XB. Shout out XB. There's a, there's a song called Destination Mars that he did on, on like a radio, quote-unquote radio thing that he did ages ago. I have it because I downloaded it while I was in sixth form and I still have it. And bruv, it's such a slap. Oh my God, I love that song. Shout anyway, XB, man. Will nobody ever hear that. Uh, so yeah, I got to well, I got into twelve, but I want to get into an uh, I want to get into another one um, again because uh, I don't feel like I gave it enough attention to talk about it. So I have eleven, which I think equals my weekly record. Well played. Uh, so we start with uh, Jahi and Configure. Yeah, uh, how, how did you like that? I listened to that. I didn't get into uh, it, but I'm interested to see how yeah, you felt about it. Uh, Jahi, obviously member of uh, Public Enemy, uh, or two point oh technically, but obviously Public Enemy itself. Um, yeah. I, I like it. Uh, I just thought the... I, I don't know whether it's mixing or mastering or both, but it just seems so flat to me. Yeah, that's what like, I felt. Was I listened right? to it and I was like, mm. these beats are great, but there's no there's no oomph to them. There's no meat to them. It's just like, boom, boom, boom. So, I, okay. I mean, I, li- I like it. I liked how it sounded. I think the lyrics were great. Like the um, Just the whole... The whole uh, there, were, there were a lot of elements uh, thrown in here. Um, and I really enjoyed it, but yeah, I just thought, I don't know, I just felt, just felt at like the last hurdle of absolutely, you know, getting my head bobbing, you know what I mean? Didn't really give me that energy, even though Jahi was talking about stuff that, you know, I could really re- relate to and rate, and rate. I don't know, it's just like the beats weren't thumping, um, but yeah, that's just how it goes, yeah, I guess. Yeah, the beats so, just Unfortunate, but, um, yeah. yeah, unfortunate on that front, but yes, I, I think it's worth listening past that, um, lyrically I think it's great, but yeah, that's... Just, just lost that final hurdle for me. Uh, rap Ferreira, uh, Purple Moonlight oh, Pages. So, okay. so shout out to Ryan for um, acting as if this is the greatest album ever because that's all I see from him these days um, on my Twitter. <laughs> um, so I thought I'd give it a listen. And also Hip Hop Golden Age have it as their best album so far. Um, so I thought, yeah, go on then. I have some time. And uh, yeah, it's very interesting, actually. It's very eclectic. Um, his delivery is very spoken wordy um and uh yeah it's, it's it's kind of like someone in a jazz club and there's just like these people behind him just playing some just playing some riffs here and there and he's just like he's just freeballing it it sounds mm. like freestyle but i have a feeling it's not 
but yeah, it's just a, such an interesting, I, I think it's hard to explain, you have to listen to it to really understand, but yeah, it's really free-flowing, it's very jazzy in a lot of elements, um, especially in his, how he delivers, it's very free-form, um, there's no like, there's no stick, there's no flow stuck to, he just goes wherever the fuck he wants to, it's very fascinating, it's actually really fascinating, listen, um, definitely has some repay value um, just, just for trying to understand it, um, but yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a good album, very highly rated. Uh, Vanilla, Never Forget Summer Night EP, um, Vanilla is obviously, uh, uh, one of his songs is my intro, my usual intro to a What's Good, um, so shout out to him, and, uh, yeah, he just, uh, gave me two, gave, or gave me, gave me personally two tracks, uh, two tracks, a little EP here, and yeah, it's, uh, it's a, it's a vibe, Vanilla's a great, uh, producer, and, um, yeah, about, it's about ten minutes, so five minutes each, and, uh, yeah, you really just, uh, it's, it's a lot of chance to, um, just tune out, um, which I feel like a lot of people need to do these days. Mm. Uh, Alabaster de Plume uh, to cite in the Instrumentals Volume 1. Uh, this is a very interesting jazz album, shout out to International Anthem. Um, it, it has, it's very it's very soft. Like, it, it doesn't have any like major you know, volume crescendo kind of thing. Um, it's very soft when, if, if and when it does that. But I feel like there's a storytelling elements behind this, even though there's no lyrical elements here. Um, it, it just seems like a real, let me take you down a road kind of thing. And uh, I feel, again, it has a lot of repay value here, and I feel like I'm going to later in the year. But um, yeah, it's a very interesting jazz album. Uh, definitely worth a listen. Uh, Chris Calico, 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 Calico Vision. <laughs> That's rude. Uh, Eternal EP. Yeah, I, like you said, uh, I've finally enjoyed it. Um, Strange Music was, uh, you know, got the bars. Um, and yeah, it's, a, it's the first time I've actually listened to Chris properly, apart mm. from like, you know, features here and there whenever I listen to Tech 9 But yeah, yes, um, you know, if you, if you know, if you know, Strange Music and all of them, it's bars, it's beats, uh, it's solid, it's, it's a solid EP. It's only like, uh, I think three or four songs, so it's not too long, but, uh, yeah, but definitely worth listening. Currency, Fendi P, Smoking Partners. Uh, like you said, I think it's a running joke here. Currency's always dropping some shit, and he literally—we're not kidding. He literally always drops. <laughs> he does some not shit. stop this crazy. guy, man. He does does not stop. It's, it's it's a joke, but it's like true. It's so it's, it's oh, a good so joke. Perfect. It's, it's a, good it's a joke. great joke. It's a great running joke. He is always dropping some shit, and uh, this is more of the same. So uh, yeah, shout out to him. It's, it's like you said, it's, it's currency. You can't can't really miss. Um, Chica. Industry mm, games. Let me know because I've. This bro. woman has so much potential. Ay. I'm being freaking serious. Like, all right. This was really impressive. Really right. impressive album. I'm glad, man. Um, yeah, man. I'm I'm su- I'm actually super hyped for this kind of uh, yeah, this, this artist right here because I heard her before, like a few songs here and there, and I was like, mm, she cool, she cool, she got bars, she can spit. But this is like, there's there's mainstream appeal here. Mm. There's bars here. Right. There's some like there's some just great confidence. It's just it's just solid. It really mm. is solid. Um, I it feel like right. I feel like if like Nikki or Car- or Cardi dropped like these these kind of tracks, they would chart. Honestly, and mm. I feel like Chica's right up there. Like she she is really good. I really enjoyed it. Um, it's a yeah, debut really, debut need... EP, and she sounds like a fucking yeah. vet. Like genuinely, she really does. It sounds so. Yeah, like I said, it's really confident. Like, there's no f- foot wrong. It's just really solid. Solid, um, man. And yeah, it's like, it's some, 
and it, it's not just like bars like like you put in um, your statistics like there's some singing elements in there and you know it's not it's not bad it actually reminds me a bit of missy to be honest yeah, um yeah, and a bit of our uh, subject uh, for this episode but yeah so shout out to chica for that's really really solid jordan mccampar foreigner um think think ed sheeran but with much better songwriting um think michael kiwanuka uh, think Emily Sande a little bit um, from a soul perspective. Uh, yeah, this is some great uh, soul-filled uh, indie pop kind of vibe. Um, yeah, I'm I'm so glad I could listen to this. It's a really solid listen. Some great storytelling on here. You really get to learn him as a person. There's a as a great interlude where um he's I think he's talked to his mother about uh, about stuff about where he's come from and stuff like that and his roots. Um, and yes, it's so great. Like the first track, "Magic," is uh, on. Is it magic? Um, yeah, uh, it's it's what it's one of my uh, it's one of my favorite tracks of the year right so far right now. It's, it's on regular rotation for sure. Super super vibey. I can feel like it's going to be on like uh, adverts, <laughs> adverts in a few years. I can just see that. Uh, Jar Nine, Note to Self, uh, really solid uh, reggae album. Love Jar Nine. She as she does some spoken word. She does great singing. Chronics Anna Carla's on here for features. Absolutely love it. Shout out to John and definitely one of my favorite albums. Um, and lastly, uh, Riz Ahmed, the the road, uh, the road goodbye. Is it the road goodbye? I feel like I spelled that wrong. But um, yes, yeah, uh, oh the long goodbye. Sorry, I, I spelled the road goodbye on my notes. Yeah, the long goodbye. This dude, as if you know Riz Ahmed, you've heard his name. Uh, he's been he's obviously a film actor. Um, been in Rogue One, uh, Four Lines. Shout out to Rugged Rubber Dingy Rapids Crew. If you know, you know. Um, but yeah, he's got bars, man. He's been rapping for 15 years. He actually was rapping before he was acting, which is kind of fascinating. Um, and uh, yeah, this is a great uh, piece about, uh, you know, uh, uh, about his roots, about being uh, Pakistani with Indian roots. And like, obviously, there's combativeness between that and uh, his relationship with mm. Britain. Um, the whole thing is about his relationship with Britain, trying to break up with Britain kind of thing um, in terms of just like, you know, an abstract sense. It's just an amazing piece of storytelling. And uh, there's also uh, some good uh, features here from uh, people like Yara Shahidi, uh, Hassan Minaj, and uh, my boy Mahershala Ali. And uh, they, give, they give like a, like a phone messages going like, yo, I heard about your breakups, already hear that kind of thing. Go pick yourself back up, don't maybe come get you, don't maybe come visit you and check up on you. It's, it's, a, really great, it's a really great album. Um, definitely a contender for, uh, in the, for the album list later in the year. Uh, so yeah, shout out to Riz Ahmed. And with that said, we shall get into the topic of today. We are, talking, we are continuing our Women's History Month shout outs. Uh, and doing our episodes based on uh, amazing females in hip hop. Last week, we obviously did Missy Elliott. Thoroughly enjoyed that. And yeah. this week, we are doing um, the Queen. The Queen. There's only the one Queen. That's fucking, Queen Latifah. The fucking Queen. The Queen. <laughs> queen Latifah. Fuck man, I love the Queen Latifah. Fucking Queen. The Queen. Yeah, man. Queen Latifah. Um, you know, some people know. Some people know her as you know from from acting. Uh, maybe from uh, you know more production circles, and, um, in terms of like film, and obviously being in the business side of film for for a while. Uh, she obviously has her own entertainment company, but she started off rapping, and I don't want to shit on her acting career, but <laughs> she's oh, her, her rapping is her best asset. Like yeah, her lyricism is her best asset. So we're gonna get into that um, as uh, as we always do. Uh, so Ben, uh, where do you want to begin? Well, 
I want to start with just going back over her history a little bit so people can understand like why she's so influential and there's a big part of her rapping like as Charlie said she can rap and you don't want to shit on her acting career but holy crap man she was a fucking top tier MC back in the day but there was another aspect to it that was really class leading and essential I'll talk about where she kind of began it's it's not a long story but you know it's an interesting story like she kind of helped in forming Flavor Unit with 45 King. And when 45 King was unable to continue at the head, uh, allegedly because of drug addiction, I didn't even know that, but apparently that's the, the case, Queen Latifah took it over and ran it herself. And that the, the Flavor Unit managed like Monica, Outkast, Faith Evans, LL Cool J, Naughty by Nature. So when we were talking last week about you know Missy having her own record label and we didn't really know if Queen Latifah had her own, she basically did. She may not have been the name attached to Flavor Unit at the start, like it's always been kind of 45 King, but she ran it, man. She ran it for a long time. And the influence that she had and respect in the industry that she had even at a really early stage of her career was just evidenced by the production credits on her debut album. Like she had Prince Paul, 45 King, Daddy O, and the album, if you listen to it, just sounds top tier for the time like it just sounds perfectly polished and there was no amateurish there was no you know novice aspect to it and i mean she was signed at the age of 18 to tommy boy so she was discovered by a fab five freddy uh and he was a legendary artist who kind of propelled the underground and hip-hop during the 1970s and I think she recorded a demo with Flavor Unit and it made it to Tommy Boy, who she was only 18 when she was signed and released her first single. And then I guess the rest is history in that sense. But the aspect I really want to focus on is her feminism and the way that she promoted uh, female empowerment in rap and the way that she did it a little bit differently to everyone else. So. You know, Queen Latifah was basically at the vanguard for women in rap. Like, Ladies First was one of the first songs in hip-hop history to call out the misogyny that still plagues the genre to this day. Now, think about when that song came out. Like, that was 1989. You know, Two Live Crew, NWA were dominating. And before that, before that period, with regard to women, hip-hop was not the way it is now. Like... Listening back, it was not super disrespectful. It was not women are objects, women are property. It wasn't really like that. But towards the mid to late 80s, maybe I'm off in this, but I have the feeling, and I'll ask you this, Charlie, do you feel that the the way that hip-hop spoke about women kind of changed in the mid to late 80s, and then that has just continued onward since then? Changed for the worse? Yes. Um... Yeah, I'd say so. Um yeah. I feel like um I feel like before that shift, um, before it was just, you know, obviously hip hop was at its infancy at that point and I think most people were just talking about having a good time. Yeah. You know? Boo after that, obviously people started to get more uh detailed um, into you know, uh, talking about other parts of life or of their lives, and um, you know, I feel like not to get existential, but the inherent misogyny that we all uh, you know tend to grasp, you know, very early, 
and you know and get indoctrinated with to be honest in terms of uh what we watch and what we listen to and just how uh, how society works most of the time you know it's it it it's, it was bound to go down that route and obviously i feel like it's you know not to be an apologist but it's not just hip hop that does that every oh, most no, no, no. most sets of music do that but um hip hop obviously just really put some steroids on that kind of shit they really sped it up and uh, really strengthened it um so yeah, I, th- I did. Yeah, answering the question, I didn't think it was obviously you know it, that's basically how it happened, and it was you know for the worse. And uh, and uh, in the Tifa's um, on the Tifa side, you know, it was obviously a real concerted effort to change that and to try and balance it. Um, and you know, I was, I was listening to her stuff today in preparation for this, and you know, so it's the the. The fifty-fifty balance that she tries to achieve in her music is so um, kind of outstanding, actually, because I really do think she succeeds in it, in how in in trying to um, not just uh, you know celebrate women, but to just like but to have like tracks you know that have either men on it or talk about men, you know, it's it's, it's kind of like a career. It's like Lauren Hill's doo wop, but a career, but career wide, yeah, <laughs> so definitely. to speak. You know what I mean? It's like obviously that song is like one verse for the ladies, one verse for the men, and I feel like that's Latifah's entire career. Um, like she made an effort to like you know uplift women and to celebrate women, but she also made an effort to put men, take men into the conversation, you know, and to like have you know you can enjoy my music too, kind of thing. And uh, I think she really succeeded in that because I, I enjoy the shit out of her albums. I really do. It's, it's um, it's some it's some great stuff on there, like from front to back. I'm really glad that you came to the same conclusion I did because when I first started listening to her music last week, you know, I was in, I've I've listened to her in passing before, but then when we agreed to do this episode, I'm like, I'll oh, listen to her music, uh, you know, listen to it again. And before I'd done any research whatsoever, and the first impression I got was basically exactly that. I'm like, wow, this is really different to what I was expecting. You know, it's very, uh, very female focused, very empowering, very, but you're right, it's like half and half and trying to lead a new sound and a new way of speaking about women in rap. Yep. And when I did more research, I realized that she was always like, this was her, this was her kind of MO in hip hop, you know, like, the founder of the Me Too movement, Tarana Burke, said that Latifah was the first female rapper who was political and that she's a superhero. And it's also said by many people that her debut album is the first feminist hip-hop album in mainstream history. And when Latifah spoke on her influences, like people that uh, kind of gave her, I guess, the influence and the, the, the way to continue forward in hip-hop, she didn't include rappers. She spoke about Nikki Giovanni, uh, Octavia Butler, her mother, Rita Owens, like poets. And I think that is a large part of her moving entirely away from hip-hop in her later career. And I want to speak about this a little bit because I think that I never got the impression that Latif- Queen Latifah disliked hip-hop, just that it wasn't something that she fully identified with. And I think the right. male-dominated specter that it exists within 
wasn't really within her value system and she tried to change the narrative from within with ladies first and by aligning herself with progressive and forward-thinking acts like Tribe Called Quest, Outcast, mm. D-La Soul. But in the end, as we still see in today's scene, misogyny is still rife within the genre. And what I found interesting was the way that she progressed into the 90s. And she said herself that she can't take credit for the female MCs that came after her. And I feel that's because the explosion of female MCs in the mid-90s were very sex-centric. And while Queen Latifah Mm. did preach sexual liberation, it was less centered on the male perspective and centered more on her own power and desires. And I got the feeling, and I could be again off with this, but I have spoken to women who feel the exact same way, that with artists like Foxy and Little Kim, the way they rapped, it made me feel like they were rapping the way they felt males wanted them to rap. And what I mean by that is... There's a huge disconnect, and I'm going to get a little bit existential here, just for a little bit, but just stick with me. There's a big disconnect in the way that men and women on the whole speak and think about sex. And I feel like men seem to be programmed by porn, and you can hear it in basically every male's version of sex when they rap. You know, like, beat the pussy up, pound it, I smashed, I beat, I nut on her face, like back shots. These are common terms. Bro, these are common. Skeet, skeet, skeet. you know, super soaked out hoe. Like, these are common terms in hip-hop, right? Now, I've spoken to a lot of women about sex, and a small portion engaged with this side. I'm not saying that this side doesn't exist and women don't have these desires. But there's a huge portion who just don't at all and find it quite gross and go through life pretty sexually unsatisfied, and they end up pandering to men Because when you think about it, what is the alternative? Like if a woman comes into the bedroom and asks for emotional, spiritual, sensual sex, how many men do you think are going to respond positively to that? Like I've I've had a lot of conversations with men about sex and I've heard a lot of men talk about it. I mean a lot, like hundreds. I was part of big sporting clubs. And the way that men spoke about sex is exactly how Little Kim, Foxy Brown, Nicki Minaj, etc. speak about sex. They Those artists would drive them wild. Queen Latifah? No fucking way, because they would be confused and scared. And they like if they were if they were confronted with that kind of talk in the bedroom, I don't know what would happen. It would be funny to watch, but I don't think they would respond positively to it. And I, I just think that's why Queen Latifah said she doesn't feel she influenced the next generation of female rappers and maybe why she even stepped away from hip hop in the first place. Mm. I think there's some uh, validity to that. Um, Obviously I can't ask her the exact reason, but that's a good illusion to go by as a good road to go down in terms of just assuming reasons why. I mean, I guess, sorry to, not to cut you off, but I guess the whole kind of thing that really hammered at home was her beef with Foxy because she had a very public beef with Foxy from mm. like 96 to 98. And, mm. uh, she, you know, Queen Latifah said that she hated the way that women acted in music videos. She called female hip-hop dancers skeezers and she said that they don't have respect for themselves and that males exploited them. And... You know, she the, the beef yeah. was literally over Foxy's sexually explicit content. And the whole thing kind of kicked off when Latifah dropped uh, this, that song from Set It Off. And then Foxy dropped the 10% that 
diss and you know it ended up with just queen latifah saying you you know your success only is because of the males that you're rapping around like they want to have sex with you and that's why you're successful mm. and so i guess that's why that's where i came up with this theory is like yeah that beef with Fo- and fuck did she wash foxy she absolutely <laughs> washed her bro the final verse she gave her seven verses on the last diss track and she just absolutely she goes um what does she say she says you ride dick for dough ho I don't need tight clothes to cover up my half-assed flows. And you on your knees, only way you hoes go and blow. Come on, bro. She just got her out of here. Yeah, that's, that's I just love that shit. <laughs> I just love that shit, man. That's ruthless. I think um, I think there's a obviously a big uh, overriding... The overriding conversation here is just one of, um, one of feminism and how women want to see themselves... Obviously, in this case, I think I have to say that, you know, of how women see themselves, it's not a monolith. Like, not all women want to, you know. It's, 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 it's a, there's, there's a difference between, you know, um, what they need to do, what they have to do, or, you know, what they want to do. In terms of what they want to do, they don't all want to, you know, uh, dress like Latifah, or, but some of them don't want to dress like Foxy or Lil' Kim. You know, there's there's, there's, course, a, yeah. there's there's a wide spectrum toward in, in between those. Not to say those are extremes or anything, but yes, yeah, it's, it's a wide spectrum between and outside of them. Um, but with that said, um, with that yeah, past that, it's just a matter of you know, I get I get what she's saying, you know, and um, she probably know she she knows more than me in terms of just how the game works, and mm. if she has a feeling that she's seeing that kind of thing and um, sees it as you're just you're just doing it because it's uh you know it's let's be real it's marketing like in in mm. in some fashion there has to be a there has to be a element of marketing towards it. I'm not saying the whole of Lil Kim and Foxy Brown's career was a marketing ploy, um, but sex sells. We all know that. Mm. Um, that's just a that's just a fact, and a hip hop audience is mainly men. So you know, two plus two equals four. Yeah, you know I mean that's that's all it is. Right? And there's just there's 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 some people that will just fully dive into it, and there are some people that try to either subvert it, completely reject it, or in some way work their way around it. But like I said, you know women and how they want to present themselves um, visually and I guess lyrically in this case they're not a monolith they want they they talk about what they feel like talking about and uh, that's just that's just something that you know we can have that conversation um, to a blue in the face and um, nothing much will change in that front Uh, but again you know with that said uh, they 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 had to fill a they had to fill a gap I guess in that case and that was a gap that was like it was just a matter honestly it was just a matter of time in that case in the you know in the cases of Kim and Foxy like it was just a matter of time to for you know for the video vixen to spit some bars <laughs> you know what I mean so like let me let me let me take center stage right here you know what I mean so. You know, it was just a matter of time in that front, and I, you know, I, I like 
when you uh, when you said um going back a little bit saying like she didn't you know um inspire the next generation you know she may have we just don't know that we just don't like talk about them enough probably but even now you know we have people like i have mentioned chica um people like rhapsody you know people like um uh sarok and others little sims in a way um you know there's a lot of is a female artist right now that i see in hip hop that you know they don't constantly show skin and they're still good so you know even though sex sells it doesn't have to be the main thing for you to for an audience to get into and like you said i think that's um one of intelligence from a male perspective like you have to just you know it if you stop thinking with your dick you might actually see that these women can spit some bars you know what i mean just because they're yeah. just because they're uh, rocking um just because they're rocking uh you know some dungarees or uh, or uh, some some jeans or whatever you know <laughs> wearing a uh, I don't I don't know what the hats are called um but I keep seeing them in memes like them hotep memes especially with the J electronic album uh I forgot I forgot what they're called but yeah them them hats you know it's just they 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 do they do what they want to do and I think for an audience perspective it's a case of intelligence and you know as two intelligent people right here I'd like to say um we see the teeth of for what she is we see Kim and Foxy for what they are and in an idyllic world they have a space for they have, they but they both have space to breathe and um you know i, I don't think that was the, i probably don't think obviously this is a bit before my time i don't think that was the case back in the day because i still because obviously there was that you know highlander kind of there can be only one um kind of vibe there um and the teeth obviously had to shift herself she felt like i guess she must have felt like she had to shift herself away from that um mm. because i mean I, I didn't realize she dropped this tracks to foxy to be honest um but knowing that maybe that's a maybe that could have been like a, from a feminist perspective like a form of maybe regret of just like you know you just uh the the the, the one thing that pete the uh, the men um love just a little less than sex but love a lot women fighting <laughs> women delivering shit to each other yeah. i don't know why a lot of people do, uh, you know. We've we've seen it a lot of times, you know. Foxy and uh, Foxy and Kim, Nikki and Cardi, you know. We've seen we've seen those kind of things. Those that list is endless. But yes, yeah, it's, it's a very fascinating conversation overall, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, I'm I get a little bit sad that having seen and listened to Queen Latifah's music and listened to her interviews and knowing that she did step away from hip hop and. I can't, you know, I'm not trying to speak on her motivations. I don't know what they are. I'm just, uh, I guess, speculating. Mm -hmm. But considering the fact that she was so, you know, the way she was early in her career and and so focused on on feminism and empowering women and the way that hip-hop just devolved, in my view, okay, you know, in my view, I would say it's pretty objective that it devolved in the way it treats women. I don't think that's something that's really up for debate. I yeah. think it changed pretty quickly and the early to mid 90s was it was pretty bad, you know, it was pretty bad. And 
just from looking outside, looking at the whole specter of it, it just seems like Queen Latifah was trying to change the system from within. And she came in at the right time, but she just wasn't able to really do it. And I think maybe that beef with Foxy was frustration. Like, maybe I have a viewpoint and I haven't been able to impress it upon the youth. And, you know, again, like, it's not criticism of Foxy or Little Kim, like, that's that's what they wanted to do. That's the kind of music they wanted to make, and they've never. I've never heard them come out and say that they are unhappy about making that kind of music or that they have regrets about it. I just think viewing it from Queen Latifah's lens, it, it was disappointing for her, and I think that's why she moved more away from that into soul and R and B, and possibly just focused heavily on a on a movie career, which is just fucking stellar as well, you know. Yeah. Um... Well, that said, I want to get into music just a little bit. Um, I found it very fascinating going from, you know, um, I went for, only went through her first three albums because I just found those were the albums of consequence, to be honest. Um, All Hail the Queen, uh, Nature of a Sister and Black Rain. I found it so interesting going through all three back to back to back because, like, the way they... The way she evolves in such a short time... Because obviously these albums, I think, are only like they're under like a five-year span. Um, let me just double check that <laughs> just to just to be sure. So, uh, in '93, I think came, Black Rain yeah, came 89, out. '89, so, yeah. All Hail the Queen. Um, wrong one. Uh, September third, '91 for Nature of a Sister, and '93 for uh, uh, Rain. So yeah, it's that's a very short span. But with that said, there's a there's a genuine evolution there from the first album, which is just very, yeah, it's, it's very uh, just traditional hip hop uh, uh, production wise, anyway. Um, but then when it gets into the second and third album, like it gets more, it gets more experimental. Um, it's not just you know New York hip hop in the late eighties, early nineties. It's not just that anymore. Um, there was one track, I, f- I think it was off the second album, that was like a full-on uh, fucking uh, New Jack Swing song, um, which just completely blew me out of the water. There was like a reggae, there was, there was a couple of reggae yes. tracks there. She throws the reggae tracks in, hey, like, I love them. They were solid, man. Like, it's just, mm. the, the, the range there is absolutely fascinating. And, uh, yeah, there's some solid R&B cuts there. Uh, yeah, so the evolution in such a short st- uh, span is worthy of praise itself to be honest because I don't really feel like there are many um not even female eyes but just eyes in general that manage to uh, keep their original motif and keep their original flavor um for the reason why people were into them in the first place in this case obviously Queen Tifus being bars and you know and just uh um you know having the Obviously, the 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 uh, what's the what's the term? You know, uh, Pan African kind of a vibe, I guess. Uh, and the first album is still there in the second and third, but she just makes room for more. Um, even though them albums are actually shorter, um, in in length. But yeah, it's it's a it's a super fascinating evolution in just a short amount of time. I don't think there's many artists that actually have uh, managed to do that in such a uh, in such a short amount of years. Um, yeah, it's, it's kind of, it's kind of fascinating from that front. 
I found it interesting that she comes along, you know, basically the same time as Rakim, and Rakim was evolving. Bro, yeah, man, I got too, bear you know? Rakim and Eric B. Like, yeah, man. yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. I really mm-hmm. felt that. I felt like she evolved very, very rapidly, mm. and she adapted quickly. You know, a lot of those mid to late '80s acts struggled to adapt into the mid to mid '90s, yep. but she just fucking adapted easily, man, and. Black Rain is, I think, close to a classic. Honestly, like, I feel like it's the pinning. I felt like I that was the all pinnacle of her rap. Yeah, yeah, true. But I, I kind of felt like Black Rain was really the pinnacle. It just brought everything together. Mm-hmm. It was actually the first female MC to ever have a gold album when it went gold. Yeah. And I just think it really brought together where she came from and where she was headed. You know, the bars were confident, they were witty, they were informative. It's an intellectual meal, that album, like sitting down and listening to it. You know, I really like, um, she has a fucking song about safe sex and it still slaps. Yeah. She has a song about safe sex, man. (laughs) And she's got fucking bars. Like she raps, my definition of bareback, come at me bare, don't come back, slap, try fitting with a mitten so you won't be tripping and flipping and skinny dipping in the queen's kitchen. Bro. Now that's fucking bars. That's safe sex bars. That's crazy, man. That's so crazy. And then the final verse of I Can't Understand was basically like the blueprint for tracks like Why by Jadakiss, like asking all these existential questions Mm. with no answer. And Mm. I just, I felt like she stepped a lyrical game up on Black Rain. And yeah, I, I think her rap career is way underrated. I think. Because her movie career kind of overtook it a little bit in terms of popularity and because she moved away from hip-hop so rapidly after her fourth album. On that note, her fourth, I couldn't fucking find her fourth album anywhere. I really tried hard. <laughs> what is that called? Queen Latina? I couldn't find it on YouTube. I couldn't find it anywhere, man. Um, I don't know what's going on with that. Maybe it's record label problems Order or Order in the court, isn't it? Yeah. Did you find it? I ain't found it. I, just, uh, I was trying to figure out the name. <laughs> Yeah, I could not find that anywhere. So, yeah, but I, I think her music career is great. I, I wasn't a big fan of her later albums, I won't lie, but it, it just genuinely wasn't my flavor or my genre. That's the only thing I'll say about that. It's not the same that they're bad albums. It's just, it's interesting that her commercial success went up rapidly when she moved away from hip-hop. Um, her highest charting hip-hop album was Black Rain at 60, and then Traveling Light, which is, you know, soul and R&B, came in at number 11. So mm-hmm. that was that was really interesting the way that and the, her all of her last three albums were top twenty five. So I found that interesting, but yeah, I wasn't a big fan of her moving away from hip hop. But I mean, it's her choice, one hundred percent. I respect that. Oh yeah, um, <clears throat> I feel like her early work is um, just a. I, I I think the formula <clears throat> was perfected in that sense, um, in terms of just having everything there um i feel like there's sometimes especially in this day and age where like um i feel like there's a lot of um there's a lot of polarization in some in some uh, hip hop circles like if you're you know if you're if you're doing trap you have to do trap you know for the rest of your life or whatever you know what i mean i think it's hard for i think it's hard to have ice in such a defined uh in such a divine place to break out of that and i don't think 
Oh, actually, I do think, sorry, that Latifa managed to um, not let the um, the Pan-African uh, look and the Pan-African vibe, the Native Tongues uh, vibe, basically, pretty much, uh, the start of her uh, music career. She didn't let that, you know, become the overriding uh, sense of everything. And that partly may have been just because, the, um, I don't know if she actually, was she on Living Single even before that? Well, 1993, okay, right, that was way before, uh, way after, but yeah, uh, considering, well, with that said, uh, yeah, considering that, um, yeah, the fact that she managed to just add elements, you know, just a, just, just a sprinkle every, every, uh, every album, um, and, uh, in, in our, in, in how we think of it, it's just, uh, got, went a little bit too far to the other side, but hey-ho, that's just how it goes, um, yeah, I think uh, she found a she found a great formula um, in the second and third albums, especially. I think those are just uh, those those are just outstanding. Just from a um, just from what hip hop can do, I think. Uh, I, I don't think that even at that point there were many <clears throat> many artists that were trying to uh, you know keep it. You know, they were just trying to keep it that keep it hip hop, whatever whatever you want to call, whatever you however you want to describe that. You know, you mentioned Arabian and Rakim, and that was kind of an interesting. That was kind of what I was getting uh, from some of the songs uh, while I was listening. It just it just sounded very Arabian and Rakim. But even with that said, you know, she didn't go for just that. It was a lot more to it. Um, like I said, there was like a new Jack Swing track. There was a, there was a couple of reggae tracks. Uh, the themes were the themes were wide ranging. Uh, like you said, with the protection song, uh, I think it's Coochie Bang, isn't it? Um, yeah, that's, <laughs> it's just it's just fascinating. It blows my mind. Um, and uh, yeah, I don't, I don't think there's I don't think there's many artists that have managed to do that so effortlessly. Um, I don't. I'm, that may be from a place of I think it probably comes from a place of just confidence in self and confidence in art. Um, I think sometimes you can sense where. Uh, an artist tries to do something different and they're just completely unconfident about it sometimes yeah, that yeah, yeah. sometimes that vulnerability works obviously um i yeah, can't rethink really yeah. of an album in the in uh, off the top of my head but i'm gonna say off rip j electronica but we'll get to that <laughs> but like I, <laughs> okay. no i feel you i honestly feel you i think that that's yeah. a good example but i think you're right yeah 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 so i mean my points my point was made um but yeah so it's it's very it's a very tight uh, rope to walk, but um, and sometimes, like I said, you know, the lack of confidence sometimes works for them. Um, but in her case, she just had complete confidence in her art and uh, what she wanted to do for every, just every track, just seemed like seemed so purposeful. And I don't get that with many people. Um, you know, some some tracks just do sound like throwaways, but it just sounds like she put tender love and care into every track, every bar, and. Um, it just comes out how it comes out, and uh, you know is, is that a great attention to detail is um, you know not, not, it's it's elite. It's it's on an elite level. I feel like that's what that's how you become a great artist. You have that attention to detail, and you know what you want. I guess that confidence is hard, man. That confidence is hard to instill. You know, Unmatched. like that's really hard stuff. You know, you look at artists who have just. You look at an artist like Kanye who's just constantly evolved and changed, but it's just such a almost blind confidence that he has. Yeah, and there's such a thing as too much confidence on that side, isn't it? 
Yeah, yeah, but I mean, it, yes. it's worked for us. It's worked for us as listeners with Kanye, but it, it hasn't always worked for Kanye the person, and we're seeing that unfold now. But you look at you know people like uh, Outkast, Andre, and and Big Boy, and evolving, and you've got to have sure. so much respect for those artists who just keep trying to change things up, and they manage it and they pull yep. it off and they have to show supreme comfort like to put out a safe sex song on your biggest album that's tough man that's really 1993 that came out like that was that was chronic doggy style time <laughs> okay like think about that think about what was dominating the airwaves at the time ice cube like that's you know it's completely left of center and and she pulled it off so yeah, man, huge respect for that. I'll, I'll speak just quickly on a movie career, film career, because that was, you know, pretty incredible. She she had some firsts in there. Uh, she was the first rapper in history to have a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Hollywood Walk of Fame, which happened in 2006. She has appeared in 39 major movies since 1991, and the total box office takings have been nearly $5.7 billion dollars. That's insanity, man. She was in like three Ice Ages as the mammoth, as mm, the voice actress. Yeah. Uh, she's been on 30 Rock, Entourage, Empire. She had her own show called The Queen Latifah Show, Spin City. Um, she was a voice actress on Fairly Odd Parents. She had her own television show called Living Single. As an actress, she's won a Golden Globe, three Screen Actors Guild Awards, two NAACP Awards, two Emmy nominations, and she got an Academy Award nomination, and she was the first female hip-hop artist nominated for an Oscar. Like, mm-hmm. that's insanity. That's an entire other side. Like, that's a, that's a career for anyone. That's a full yep. career. Yep. But she had a music career as well. Yep. And she was managing Flavor Unit. Mm-hmm. Bro, that's just super intense. Yeah, I mean, in the, same, in the similar vein to Missy... Um... I don't think there's a uh, the, the 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 especially these two women that we've uh, explored in the past two weeks have just been like there's a level of um, there's a level of juggling that um, is rare in most cases um, and we've already found two <laughs> you know what I mean it's just like I, I feel I feel like there's um, again not enough praise given to Queen Latifah. Um, in from uh, especially from a music sca- uh, standpoint, but I just think overall career wise, I just think like it's just so, it's just so slept on. Um, but sticking with just music, um, you know, I I I feel, I don't know if she what you what you said uh, about her like obviously uh, not thinking that there were you know um, uh, that she inspired anyone or uh, I don't know if that, what you said there was verbatim, but. That's a um, quote, yeah. That's a quote, right? Yeah. So yeah, I mean, I've, I feel kind of bad that she felt that way, um, but I hope like now she feels that you know that's not the case because um, most, not most of the artists I listen to, but um, a lot of I, a lot, a lot of artists I listen to um, from a male and female perspective, um, I can see some elements of. Uh, like Queen Latifah in there where they don't just talk about you know what everyone else is talking about or if they are they do it in a different way and uh you know in their in terms of their individual careers I think it's always all the better for it because it doesn't really 
it doesn't really make sense trying to stick to the status quo um in most in most in most forms of life but for for her for her to say that i hope she feels the way uh, feels complete opposite now because you know with people like um you know chiefly rhapsody obviously considering yeah. um, i mean she's mentioned she's mentioned rhapsody as as being a descendant so that exactly is, yeah, that's the one yeah. exactly i mean they're on um uh, her latest album together and yeah, you know, it's just it 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 was just a it was a moment, especially in that particular album itself. It just felt like a moment, um, just a real homage in that we that we rarely see. So yeah, uh, with that said, I think um, just as a last word, it's just like uh, shout out to Queen Latifah, man, because like the career span is uh, absurd, but musically, it's just like uh, there there was some real. There were some real seeds planted um, in those uh, uh, five or so years that, admittedly, took a while to bear fruit. But I feel like, especially in recent years, those uh, those those fruits have come in, and I feel like we have, as a as a hip hop community, grown up a little better and are more accepting of. Uh, of the of these artists that don't just stick to the bare basics of human nature, you know, it's, it's not just skin. Not to say the artists we've mentioned in this episode are just skin, but you know, it's this. There's a, there's an added there's an added intelligence to it, um, and that's just how I th- how I see it. Sometimes there is an added intelligence to it. There's an added nuance to it, and. Um, yeah, man, it's just uh, it's just it's it's good to see now that um, uh, even though I don't think she's getting her flowers like uh, as much as I think she should, um, it's yeah, good that we yeah. can at least I can at least you know see it. You know, I can I can personally see. It. I don't know about everybody else, but I can definitely see like oh yeah, she's yeah she's um, that person is definitely into like uh, she definitely they definitely is in the Queen of or something like that. You know, what I mean, it's it's a, it's a definite. Yeah, like I said, there's definite fruits there for sure right now. Yeah, she's a pioneer, and um, that was really well said. I just want to say that, yeah, we're not shitting on, like, Foxy and Lil' Kim and Nicki Minaj, and, you know, they can make whatever music they want. It's just been interesting to see that Queen Latifah took a completely different path and managed to be just, you know, just as successful, and got to shout her out for that. That's incredible, incredible bravery, and she's a genuine pioneer. So shout out Queen Latifah. Alright, come on then. Let's do this. No, no, hit me with Let's your. Do, do you want? Do you want to do mine or do you want to do yours first? Well, mine, mine's quick. To be honest, I don't, I don't really. I've had this conversation with a few people now, and I'm just like, I, I, I don't. I get it, but I don't. <laughs> but, but I still don't like it. So I tried to watch. Um, finally, the the fucking show dropped in last May. It's taken me this long to watch, but anyway, um, I finally tried to get into Chernobyl. Um. Uh, obviously, uh, award-winning limited series uh, by HBO and Sky, and I couldn't get into it. And the chief reason why I couldn't get into it, I watched about half of the first episode. The reason why I couldn't get into it is because the actors themselves um, do not alter their accents at all. Um, they just they, they most of them, a majority of them are English. Uh, there was like I think I heard like one Irish, and I think that was the one that just tipped me over, to be honest. And it's just jarring to me. It really is. It was so jarring to. Th- like see uh actors and actresses that I know and I've seen them other stuff 
and they sound exactly the same as they did in that. It's just, it jarred me, to be honest. And not to, excuse me, not to say that, um, not to say that they should have, you know, put on a uh, Ukrainian accent or whatever, you know, <laughs> just put on some dumbass accent. Um, I think that would obviously been to, to the detriment of the show. What I am saying is that sh- this show, if, you, if you're not going to do it like you, like I think you should have, which if you want to go see a show called uh, False Flag, right? That's a, it's Israeli, um, Israeli actors, Israeli speaking, it's just full on, right? And it's gripping as shit. While I can understand why people like Chernobyl, and I can understand objectively why it's a good show, the writing was good from why I, from why I watched, and the visuals were very gripping, right? I can't get over just like a dude that sounds either like me or just sounds like he's up from up north and just came out of a This Is England shoot to go to Chernobyl and name himself Itali. I can't do it. I just can't do it. It's so. It's the the bridge is too far. The bri- the bri- the gap is too far. The bridge. It's impossible for me. I can't get over it. So yeah, that's just simply why I can't watch it. Um, I tried. I just it just made me laugh to be honest. Like when an Irish woman came through. I was just like, what the fuck is this? It's like it's like something from a a mate mentioned Death of Stalin to me, which is a fucking satire. Yes, I get it. Because that's, that's supposed to be funny. You know what I mean? Who gives a shit if it's Death of Stalin? This is supposed to be the best show of last year. I can't. I can't take it seriously. If you're gonna, if you're not gonna do it like that, and if you're not gonna get Ukrainian actors or whatever, or any any anything, you know, trying to bridge the gap, it, it, get some Eastern Europeans, anyone past Austria, do that. They don't have to talk. They don't have to talk Ukrainian. Don't have to speak perfect Ukrainian. They can speak English, but at least make them sound like something. You know what I mean? It just ran over. But yeah, I couldn't just get past it. I just couldn't. It was impossible for me. I feel like the film industry has just given up on this. They've given up on it a long time ago. There's been countless examples of them doing this. And I think at this point, they just, it doesn't even factor into their mind. They're just like, meh, just speak the way of whatever fucking way you want to speak. And yeah. it doesn't really matter because most people just seem, I mean, I watched it through and I didn't even think that. I thought, I had thought, but I was way more engaged in the story yeah. and the the actual show because it's fucking pretty difficult watch you know it's a pretty difficult thing to watch and and having known and read like lots about it but Mm. yeah again i can totally understand why you would feel that way it's if it's like that thing that just drags you out of the experience and yeah (laughs) it makes it comical in the end because how can you how can you enjoy something if you're thinking about that like it's just it's just stupid Go change the fucking nuclear reactor. It's like what? What are we do? What are we doing here? Like, obviously, it didn't sound like it wasn't that bad, but like, it's not like Danny Dyer was on the fucking show. But it's it's just it's just bad. It, it was just bad. Like, I'm not blaming the actors at all. I just think like, if you're gonna do it, do it. Like, if you're gonna do the, if you're gonna retell the story, retell this story. Like, I can't I can't do that stuff anymore. You know, I probably could have done it like a few years ago, maybe. Um, there's probably films I like that you know. The, the don't have the accents or whatever and I'm just completely fine with it um, but yeah for this in this case I just couldn't get past it like, it was so overt to me yeah it was it was it was so weird it was like someone flicking me like whenever they spoke it was just like uh, nah I couldn't do it but when they were silent mate it was gripping the shit <laughs> and then they started talking I just couldn't, it's, do, it. couldn't do it 
It's like um, having sex with someone who's wearing a clown mask. It's like, why yeah. are you wearing a clown mask? I can't concentrate. And then every time you close your eyes, it's okay. Yeah. But then you open your eyes again. You're like, why are you wearing the clown mask? It's really dragging me out of the experience. Amazing imagery. I'm, I'm starting to... I have questions, but let's <laughs> just get to I've never, I've never experienced it, but I assume that's what it would be like. Ben's in some freaky shit. <laughs> You've heard it here first. I know, man. <laughs> got some weird shit going on in my head. All right. Come on, then. All right. All right. We speak let's about give, it. Let's give, let's give time into an album that I don't really think deserves much time, but there you go. Okay, well, let me explain why I think this deserves time. Because Jay Electronica hasn't dropped at all. I think he's one of the most interesting people in hip-hop history now i was expecting a lot from this album and i think everyone was expecting a lot and the response i've gotten from people is disappointment and underwhelmed and mid now i think i know why that is and i want to explain why i think that jay electronica sounds almost novice at times i think his bars and his lyrics are there but his flows just aren't. He sounds out of practice, and he is genuinely out of practice by hip-hop terms. And I don't mean how much music he's been recording behind closed doors. I think there's a different level to the craft when you're actually dropping music. Like Lupe said a couple of days ago, to become a great MC, you have to drop product, get shit on, go back, learn, drop more, get shit on, learn, progress, Jay Electronica may have been around some of the greatest artists of all time, but he's never been really grilled in the court of public opinion. And when he's dropped these features, which we all love, he's been on a track with usually people who are not on his lyrical level. And he's already got a concept. He's already got a beat. He's already got a flow. There's no, you know, it's already mapped out for him. His path is already mapped out for him on those songs. And so all he has to come in, and, and to be 100% fair to him, apart from rapping next to Hove a couple of times, the only time he's really come up against another MC who's on his level was Kendrick on Control. And I bet you didn't even fucking know Jay Electronica was on Control. Because everyone only speaks about... JLX verse is great, yeah. okay? But, but that verse is the, the problem with this album because his verse is incredible. And if you sat down and read the two verses... You'd be like, oh, Jay, like, washed him on this song. Mm. But nah, man, Kendrick Lamar fucking washed everyone on that song because Kendrick Lamar has been... Kendrick Lamar, think about it, man. He dropped a fucking entire mixtape rapping over Lil Wayne beats when Lil Wayne was the greatest rapper alive. Now, that is a baptism of fire. JLX, this is not JLX. That's the pro- I think that's the problem with this. You know, JLX has dropped just under twelve hundred bars in the last ten years in public. Little Wayne on Funeral wrapped fifteen hundred bars in one album. Okay, that's one album. JLX has dropped has wrapped three hundred less in ten years. Now, if we're looking at him next to the other aliens that we speak of, like Andre 3000 and Lauren, mm. they have solidified careers built on years and even decades of dropping top quality products. Mm-hmm. And JLEC hasn't. Mm. So the thing why I think people are finding this underwhelming is just because it is from every standpoint except lyricism. And when you listen to the lyrics and sit down and dissect them, it's really, really powerful but Jay Alec is struggling from an artistic standpoint. And now he may say, I have the cheat code. I've got Jay-Z on this album. And a lot of people thought, 
that was going to be the cheat code, and it might be um, it might be commercially the cheat code. Yeah. But the problem with having Jay Z on the album is Jay Z is at the exact opposite end of the spectrum to Jay Alec. Now we might say that they're on the same level lyrically, or if they sat down, but I think that Jay Alec writes more intricate and dense verses than Jay Z. I'm not. I think Jay Z can write at Jay Electronica's level. I think he has occasionally. But the problem is that Jay Z knows how to craft a song. He is one of the greatest hip hop artists, not just rappers, artists of all time. Hove has literally done it all. And on this album, I hate to say this, and I don't think this is a hot take because I just want to preface this by saying I think Jay Electronica's bars are more dense and more intricate. And I think the concepts he de- he's dealing with are probably the same as Hove, but a little bit more harder to understand. Yeah. But I just think Hove wraps circles around Jay Electronica on this album, which is really annoying, but it's not unexpected. And I don't even think that Jay-Z is aware that he's doing that because he is very good at taking a complex or even a yet unknown concept and just turning it into a very slick line a slick song, a sound bite. That's exactly what Jay Z has done his whole career, and I just think it was a, it was a tactical error to have Jay Z all over this album because Jay Z carries it, and I, I, I don't get, I just don't get a sense of Jay Alec. You know, I do with his lyrics. I hear the insecurity and him saying, you know, the gravity of his pen is what held him down, and he doesn't want to put out music because. People are going to dissect it, and he feels a lot of insecurity. He speaks a lot about his own insecurity on this album, you know, standing in front of the mirror and seeing all his own flaws. And I hear that. I understand that. So my question is, why would you get Jay-Z on the album? This is a guy... It doesn't make sense. I, I don't get it. I, I, I don't understand. It's just so jarring to me. Hmm. Does, does that make sense? Does it... Yeah. Am I completely out of pocket here, or am I like off of the fairies, or am I a Jay Z stan? Am I is my <laughs> my bias coming through too much? Uh, well, one thing you said at the end, I think, uh, I think just to clear up a little bit, I feel like if you're going, it, it, you, while I agree with you in understanding that, like, you know, when you're creating art, you don't want people to just completely dismiss it and shit on it because, you know, you might be talking about, you know, things that you really care about. I completely understand that, right? Um, (laughs) But with that said, in saying that in a bar, you also make me also think that, so did you put Jay, well, not not to say if he, you know, he wanted it or whatever, don't know uh, with the convictions towards that but did you just put z on just to i guess uh the the, the well soften the blow a bit yeah yeah maybe uh, that's, that's yeah. the only thing i came across that last bit you said i was like so if you're talking about you know being you know i don't want to say scared but apprehensive of people you know shitting on you um shitting on your art then well shit let's put jay-z on it <laughs> That dude's fucking Teflon these days. I don't know. It's just, it, like, lyrically anyway, he's Teflon. So, you know, I I feel like people would have been more happy if this was named a J&J album, not just J Electronica. Like, the fact that it was marketed as a J Electronica album and then rumours was, like, coming through that was like, oh, Jay-Z, Jay-Z's on a few tracks. 
oh, Jay-Z's on eight, eight of the fucking ten. <laughs> it's just like, okay, so it's a J and J album. Like, uh, 30, 35% of the lyrics are Jay-Z, only 52 are Jay-Alec. Okay, so Jay-Alec is on <laughs> only 52% of the lyrics on his debut album. And even, Sorry, and even that said, like, the even though you say that, it feels to me like it was 50-50. It just, I know it just, exactly. That's why I did the off. analysis. Jay Z's everywhere. And just to say, I've only listened to it once, so I don't want to like. And I feel like, as a as a primary thought coming out of this, um, and trying to see other people's thoughts on it. I mean, I've seen people say it's fucking uh, calling Jay the goat for some reason. I'm just like, calm down, guys. I don't know if it'll be in tongue in cheek, but fuck. Like, it's, I've seen I've seen the wide spectrum that we always see with most people. Um, excuse me, but um. Yeah, I think just um, just off listening to this one time, I feel I I compare it a little bit to Damn, because I listened to that and I came across um, well, off listening to Damn the first time, I was like, fucking hell, this is lit, um, and I and I also felt on the other side of that, there there's there's something there's something more to this album, and I can't quite put my finger on it, and to be honest, I didn't really obviously search for it. Um, luckily, shout out to Cole doing dissect on it. That was that just opened my fucking eyes, and I'm so grateful for that. Um, and it just made me appreciate damn even more. I feel like I'm on the on the different side of the coin when it comes to JLX albums. I'm like, it was okay, but again, I also feel like there's more to it that I could probably dive into, but I just can't be bothered to. Um, and I feel like there's a lot of uh, emphasis towards how people saw Jay. Um, Elek. Um, I saw it. I saw the. I saw the whole thing in very, in a very docile matter. I was just like, you know, like, like I said, uh, I think I said this on wax. You know, if he drops, he drops. If he doesn't, he doesn't. I'm not really gonna scream and shout about it. You know, and if it's good, it's great. If if it's great, if it's good, whatever. You know, if it's trash, it's uh, unfortunate. You know, what I mean, I'm not really. I don't ha- really have much of vo- emotional investment in in this myth, um, in this legend, um. And I feel like there's a lot of people that had investment in this and within that investment, they had different thoughts or different predictions as to how Jay Electronica would sound. What would his beat sound like? What would he sound like? And obviously, you know, he has mixtape and obviously the exhibit um, the exhibit songs. But, you know, this is a small sample size and it's obviously been more than 10 years. So, you know, maybe this maybe his whole taste and tastes have changed. Um, go, go see uh, 444 and then the album that was like 10 years ago I think it was like Blueprint 3 you know it's completely different <laughs> or A Kingdom Come there you go it's another one completely different you know, or from a even Magna span. Carta Holy Grail is only 4 years difference but completely different yeah, yeah, exactly there you go P- point proven even more um, so yeah just you know, people's taste changed um, and just to say you know on a on a you know basic review standpoint I really enjoyed the beats um, on here. They were very calm, and I think that allowed space for um, you know the lyrics to come through, and I was very appreciative of that. Uh, apart from Flux Capacitor, that shit was just all over the place. I was a bit... Um, I love that song. Yes, not, not trash, but it was just erratic, and it just put me off. I was just like, all these other beats are smooth as silk, and then you're just coming in with like... It's just, it's just a lot. It was is a lot the, to... Is yeah, it wasn't really a gap. smooth transition. Get the gap. Get the gap. <laughs> <laughs> it was not a smooth transition so uh, yeah with other, other than that it was a pretty smooth but yeah uh, I was just 
I think there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of elements here, and obviously the myth and the legend towards it is just um, you know an addition to it. Um, maybe expectation, but I didn't really like. I said I didn't really have expectations. I don't really I don't really like to do that. I try to avoid that. Um, but yeah, I think you were pretty much uh, on the nail uh, nail on the head uh, in terms of just uh, how I felt about the album. Um, you know, it's a good album. You know, it's alright. It's cool. Um, I feel like there, again, there is more to it that I probably should appreciate, and I don't at the moment. Um, but yeah, that may come in time. Um, but yeah, you know, for for what it was, it was cool, and uh, I'm just happy that you actually, you know, found I guess the courage to um, uh, to actually do this because you know, it could have just. He really could have just been. A, it could have just been a legend all this time in in a in a in in the mythical sense, um, and that would have been. I would have been completely fine with that. But uh, I just think he should have. Uh, I think just for just for most people's peace of mind, it should have had like. It shouldn't have had Jay Z all over. <laughs> it seems a bit of a cop out to be completely honest. Like it's like Kevin Durant going to the Warriors. Like I understand it, and I complete and I'm completely fine with your decision. But it's a but the sheen has come off a little bit. So yeah. Well, I think it backfired on him. To be a hundred percent honest, I think I agree with you, and I just feel there's just no, I I can't get a sense of Jay Electronica as an artist. I felt there were too many cooks in the kitchen. There were too many different, you know, like your debut album. Think about all the debut albums over the years that are really great, and they have. The, the the main artist has shone through as the defining characteristic of that debut album. You know, Illmatic, Reasonable Doubt, uh, Get Rich or Die Trying, fuck, even Cheers by Obi Trice or Eminem's Slim Shady LP. You know, the, the artist... And, and it's not unfair to place Jay Alec next to these debut albums because he is an MC of that caliber and on that level. And he has the cosigns from artists who have fucking made those albums. And so they were the ones, they're artists and they defined the sound and they created the sound. And for this, I just felt J Electronica sounded a bit like a passenger on some of them. And I would place some of the blame at Jay-Z's feet because he's the executive producer of this album. And I wrote in my manifesto that I sent to Charlie that (laughs) Jay-Z is doing so much right now. Think about everything Jay-Z is doing. He's raising fucking twins. He's working with the NFL. He's planning halftime shows. He's doing an incredible amount. Like, he can't sit down with Jay Electronica for 40 straight days in the studio. I don't know what their process was behind the scenes, so I'm not commenting on that. But it just feels like Jay-Z kind of came in and heard a Jay Elect verse and was like, oh, yeah, I'll spit some bars to that. But Jay-Z just wasn't thinking. Like, you can't come in, right? You can't come in in the middle of Jay Electronica's verse and say this. Listen, I named my son, sir. So you got to call my son, sir. That boy already knighted. He ain't even out his romper. You can't fucking do that. That's not fair. There's 24 years of history in, a, in two bars. That's not fair. That completely derails the verse. Because, you know... 
JLX talking about uh, a stowed away captive, long away home from Zion. The Dove Prince sang about in Purple Rain crying to the midget you heard tale of on the shoulders of the giant. Like, he's getting some deep shit. Yeah. And then Jay-Z just comes in with this slick bar and just eviscerates it. That's not yeah. fucking fair, man. <laughs> and every time that JLX, like, took on a topic... <laughs> Jay-Z, it sounds like Jay-Lek wrote the verse and then Jay-Z just came in and said it's slicker. Like Jay-Z, uh, Jay-Lek would rap, the minaret that Jigger built uh, built me on the dome of the rock was crafted so beautifully, consider this a darn. From a hard place on a rock to the rock nation of Islam, I emerged on the wave that title made to drop bombs. That's fire, man. That's fire. But then Jay-Z says, well, don't kill us, make us stronger. That's Nietzsche on me. Hot boy like I'm BG. That's Fiji on me. We done ducked them fed charges. Now we eating confit. Come on. Come on. That's not fair, Jay-Z. You can't do that. All right? Now, you are rapping on an, uh, an incredible... You're coming in. You've been doing this for 24 years. You've dropped hot garbage yourself. You've dropped anything. You dropped those R. Kelly albums. Okay? So you've had your period of fucking up. But don't come in with all this history, all this knowledge, all this learning, and then come in at the pinnacle of hip hop on someone's debut album. I just, I'm, I'm, go, I'm thinking way too deeply about this to be honest. But I just, you know, these are two of my favorite artists of all time, and I think Jay Z sounded unfucking believable on this album. I don't think I've heard him rap this well in my life. I, I don't think consistently he's rapped this well ever even 444 i think he's rapping now he's just ascended to another level and i i just think it's unfair man i think it's unfair i think it really backfired getting jay-z on your debut i just yeah i'm disappointed in that sense i think it was it's a it's a mishmash man Mm. it's not it, it didn't work out it doesn't it doesn't meld I just wanted... I think over these beats yeah. by himself, Jay Alec really would have just fucking killed it. No features. Zero features. Zero yeah. features. Yeah. If you take all these lyrics yeah. by themselves and these flows, whatever, zero features, yeah. Jay Alec, mm-hmm. you'd be going, holy fuck, man, he slayed this. But then you yeah. put him up against Hove yeah. and it's just... It, it's not even that Jay-Z's a better rapper. It's just completely different, man. They come up from different ends of the spectrum and it doesn't mesh for me. And that's just how yeah. I feel. Just, yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's just a level of hijacking here. It's just like... Yeah, it's this... It's, it's billionaire mentality. <laughs> Let me step on someone's shoulders so I can stand higher. It, it's, it's, it's crazy. Um... I, I, how many verses did Jay have on the album? It was like yeah, eleven. Yeah, Jay had uh, Alec, eleven. Like, Jay Z like, had six. Eleven verses. Eleven verses for, on, on for, the album. for all that for for like so like basically one for every year. <laughs> He's been holding out like it's just as you know is as there should have. I feel like they that he had he had he should have. I don't know if he has more to tell, but I feel like there should be more to tell there. Um, you know, if you have all that life experience and whatever, and all them opinions flowing about for whatever you want to talk about, or if you know, if you want to talk about current events or whatever, or just be existential like uh, he probably was, and very hotepy, um, like he wants to, just eleven verses, like it is, it is, yeah, just it's a bit of a wet blanket um on that front, but yeah, uh, for better or worse, um, 
and I think you, I think you've made a case for better and worse for having Jay Z on this album. But yeah, uh, yeah, it, it's happened. So uh, you know, it's just how it is. And uh, if you if you guys enjoyed it, if you guys think it's album of the year, I don't really think it is. But if you think so, I can understand why. I'm stoked um, for, for what it for what album. it was. Yeah, you know, it succeeded. I guess. Um, but yeah, I feel like there was a lot of uh, there was a lot left on the table. Um, so yeah. You, Can we leave it there? Yeah, if you no shout out to you if you enjoy this album. There's some people I've been talking to in my um, DMs, and if you enjoyed the album, fucking shout out to you. I'm jealous of you. Uh, I'm not <laughs> saying I didn't enjoy the album. I really did enjoy it. But yeah, that was just my uh, my lyrical deep dive. But um, I'm just yeah. glad we got it, man. Charlie was like, oh, and I'm like, yeah, but it's the past. The past is the past, Charlie. We're living in the present. Uh, this kid, right? We got Let the album. You, in the... Right, this kid. This kid came through to me waking. I woke up. Like eleven messages, right? <laughs> Starting off with like, oh, this is fire, oh, stuff like this, stuff like this. The last message, this album's low key mid. What the <laughs> fuck? <laughs> Make a decision, fam. Uh... Like, listen to the album first. Like, stop commentating with me. Stop live streaming your fucking so... opinion, bro. I'm Twitter generation. <laughs> you know me. I'm the Twitter generation. I've got to get my shit off early. <laughs> Absolute joker, mate. This uh, this dude's a mess. Like, fucking sort your silly opinions out and then come to me, man. Jeez, man. He was like, oh, this is great. Oh, oh this is Loki Mint. Bro, <laughs> that's like, what? I took what? your advice and what I wrote... Happened between, I wrote you... What happened between that and that? It was just, oh. I wrote you 1,500 words. I took your advice oh. and I sent you... I write this all this shit yeah, and Charlie's like, <laughs> Charlie's like, can you send it to me? And I'm like, it's 1,500 words, Charlie. He's like, yeah, send it. <laughs> send it through it's fucking long and it's just rambling but yeah oh and on that note ladies and gentlemen this has been Digging Digits hope you've enjoyed this episode I've been Charlie Taylor of the Fifth Element I've been Ben Carter of Hip Hop Numbers and I listen to the album before I actually give an opinion on it um (laughs) and aren't you better than the rest of us (laughs) uh hope you have a good week everybody wash your hands yeah. Uh, we shall always try to do the same on both fronts. Yep. But until the next time, continue our Women's History Month celebrations. Take it easy. Ladies and gentlemen. Alright, peace. Digging in Digits is produced by me and Ben Carter. The show is edited by me. Music for this show is Peace and Video Games by Bonus Points. Thanks to your records for the beat used. Socials for the Fifth Element, Hip Hop by Numbers, Bonus Points, and Chill Hop Records will be in the description wherever you're listening. This has been a Fifth Element Podcast Network and Hip Hop by Numbers collaboration. Thanks for spending time with us. We shall see you next time on Dig It in the Digits.